0: welcome welcome everyone this is mike it's tuesday 1 p.m eastern standard this is the sweet dash q a webinar thanks for joining us all right let's get started by having you guys jump into the chat and introduce yourselves let's let's have let's find out who we who our participants are today where you're joining us from maybe your business niche also lets me know that you found the chat and that you can hear my voice So let's meet you guys and then we'll get started. Hi Claire, how are you? Claire, Miss Claire joining us from? Hi Rebecca from Portland, how are you? Claire from England, hi Claire. Emily St. Louis, Dennis, hi, hi, howdy from Texas. Very appropriate. And Matt from Houston, CPA firm, nice, okay. Hi Rebecca, travel agent or advisor, and Kayla from New Hampshire. Awesome, all all over. So very good to meet all of you guys and and those of you that are also out there, but not chatting yet. Uh, That's no problem. Let's go ahead and get started. If if you we'd like to just start by saying, if you don't have a free trial, Sweet Dash yet, there really is no reason not to do that. Please just go ahead and grab a free trial. It's just your email address. You can unsubscribe. There's no credit card Uh, along the way. The learning documentation is the learning resources that are available to you are the documentation at helpsweet dot com. The academy you can find at academysweet dot com. You can access the wizard program, uh, which is a real live human human wizard, sweet suite- dash wizard. Uh, that is a reasonable price, but some sessions are Uh, complimentary when you upgrade from a free trial to Thrive or Pinnacle. So these are very popular and a really great way to get yourself started. And then if you uh, would like to join our community and join other sweet mates that are of the same mind as you and also there are groups that help I see a few CPAs here. Travel There's a travel uh, group, Travel Advisors. So these are people in our community who are doing the same thing as you're doing and learning from each other and there's a lot of really good conversation happening here so I would encourage that one thing to point out is for security reasons when you go to login here to the community this is not the same login as your suite dash login okay so you'll need to start a new uh, account here you can use the same email address or a different email address but just to be clear it's not the same username and password that you use to log into your Sweet Dash account. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and get started with you guys. It, any questions, this is what we're here for, is really to uh, help you understand. Oh, here's some new customization options that you might see. I'm not sure. Tell me what you think of this. If you logged in and said, oh, now I can make a cool background image in my Sweet Dash account and my clients can see things like this and have this frosted glass effect this is just a little bit of css that's (laughs) noelle says this looks hot she likes it all right anybody else a little bit of feedback Uh, so any questions that you have we're here to get you over the hump conceptually if you have uh, somewhere that you're blocked or you have specific questions that you're trying to answer This is what we're here for to be a place where you can ask those questions and we'll do our best to get everything clear if we don't have questions typically we will start to just do whatever mike wants to do which usually involves talking about some recent feature or uh, showing some new functionality or um, telling you about my kids i don't know whatever we want to do here (laughs) but you guys can choose your own adventure uh, by asking questions, I see Emily is with us. Emily, how are you today? We might want to. Um, maybe we should talk about Emily and her business, which I is a home staging business, if I remember correctly. And Emily has a specific flow that we we have sort of all been looking at and thinking about on our side. 100% doable. It's just a matter of um, knowing a little bit more about some of the details, Emily. But let me I'm going to try to get that up in front of me in case we somehow run out of questions. We might just try to use this session to get as far as we can or answer a couple questions for you. Okay. All right, I see some questions coming in, so let's just go ahead and just start with that, and then we'll see where the, the hour takes us. Okay, hi Kayla, let's start with it. How do you create teams between employees and can you assign certain teams? Yes. All right, let's look. Let's look at that. Okay, so if you go here to what we call the flyout menu, Kayla, and you look at the staff team column, here's manage teams, okay? yes and i'll get to that as well in just a second okay great hang around and i'll i'll provide a good answer for you there uh so kayla here's where you're going to create teams and and for those of you who have been in the software for a little while teams is the equivalent of circles but teams is on the staff side on the what we call internal side so you can create a group of your staff members that can consist of Admins and teammates, and all these things, but you can create them into a team, and then you can uh, grant access to specific portal pages or shared folders, etc., based on their team affiliation. Okay, and when you're onboarding a new staff member, you can uh, designate their team on the way in. Let's go ahead and choose the role. And here's the team. So you'll designate their team on the way in, and then basically you understand what um, what experience you have pre-designed for that team member. So, for example, you can create a portal page and set it as the start page for anyone in the uh, DevOps team, for example. And as this person uh, who you're adding this new staff member, as they complete their registration step, their onboarding step of setting their password, the very next thing they'll see is that start page, which is their de facto dashboard. And you can say, "Okay, welcome. You're on the DevOps team. And you can create an entire dashboard there, including using uh, dynamic data placeholders for staff custom fields to create a DevOps team dashboard that feeds back dynamic data from that individual person's profile. And so, a good example of that, I don't have an example of a staff dashboard here, but let's just be clear and look at, I'm going to go quickly. See, I'm going into portal pages here, and I'm going to access my list of portal pages. Uh, After I log in, I will. and i'll show you that that you can create a de facto dashboard for any circle or team uh and i'll call this in the payroll dashboard okay so let me close this but you'll see here that i've assigned this portal page to the payroll circle but see i can also assign it to a team and then i can assign it as the start page for anyone who's assigned who has permission to view this page, and in this case, Payroll. Or I could do the same thing for Teams, as you see here. OK, and let me close this. And now you'll see that I've created a dashboard here that's partially static. Of course, this text is static. But this text is dynamic, and it's based on which user is logged in. So let's do a preview, and I'll demonstrate. So if I preview this as, say, this, this client, Josie Green, she will see it like this with her profile picture, with her uh, data in the charts, with her, her first name, last name, her company name. But if it was another client, he would see it uh, with his data, right? with his pre- picture, with his data in the charts, with his first name and company name. You can do the same thing with staff members at using team affiliation uh, and create actual team dashboards that are specific to a team, but also individual in the sense that you can use these dynamic data placeholders to pull data from each individual person's profile. Okay. I think that was a little bit more answer than we were hoping for, but uh, a good way to introduce things like uh, dynamic dashboards. All right, Rebecca. Rebecca says I created uh, let me throw up the chat so everybody can see. Uh, I created a custom field in the client section and accidentally hit enter when I wasn't finished but now I can't figure out to go back and change it. All right can do that too. So I think what happened Rebecca and you can confirm if you would in the in the chat that you were complete, you were creating a form and as you were creating the form you were adding custom fields and then you hit enter and you're thinking, Okay, but now how do I edit this custom field? I think that's right. Actually, I don't need you to confirm because I'm 100% sure that's correct. She was creating a custom field on the fly, as we say here. But the actual custom field interface uh, for managing, editing, deleting custom fields is here, uh, Rebecca. So fly out menu to custom fields, you'll find the custom fields listed here, and then you'll be able to edit the custom fields. Right? or duplicate, or however you need. The only thing you won't be able to do as you edit is you can't change the type, the data type, or you, can, you can't you can change the usage. So if, if you happen to get to that place and those things need to be changed, you'll need to delete the custom field and start over. But what you could do, Rebecca, is you could create all your custom fields here, and then, um, then go to the form and, apl- and apply them, or you can create them on the fly in the form, which is a uh, convenient way to do it. and then if you have make a mistake as is as we all do, uh, you'll go into that manage area to check it out. Did that help, Rebecca? Let's see. All right, well, let's see. Yes, okay, great. Yes, Rebecca, good. and and in general, guys, I mean if you if you run into a question, I, I really do encourage you to say, go to the documentation and let's get back there and type how do i edit custom fields which of course is your question right and then oh right here content custom fields and then noel's team noel's here as a as a moderator here in the chat you'll hear from her i'm sure noel's team works really hard to make this a great resource for you so um and not something that's like a wall of text, something you can actually read and use and look at. So if you found your way here, then you could do a Control F and type in Edit, for example. And then you'd find your way eventually to the Edit custom field setup. Okay. Just something to say there. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. All right, Matt says, I'm interested in learning more about proposals, estimates, contracts, how do those interact and work together? Okay, Matt, big question, but let's talk about it in the sense of, won't be able to walk through step-by-step, do examples and things like that. Estimates would be, typically most businesses are going to work in either proposals or estimates, but not both, uh, in my experience. So proposal would be your rich, richly formatted, estimate essentially and you're going to create a proposal which you can then use you can convert based on the um, approval from the client side into an invoice or a contract mat assuming that you're on a Pinnacle uh, plan so let's go into this one actually I'm gonna reset this one this proposal so that it's live and I'll make it valid for another week Okay, so reset and resend, boom. And that's I that just showed you what you can do if you happen to have a proposal that expires. And now we're going to edit this proposal. Okay, and here, Matt, uh, is where you can set the actions on of that will be executed when this proposal is approved. Okay, so one thing that's automatically going to be executed is they're going to be converted to a client because that's what they'll need. We need that role to present them with projects or invoices, that kind of thing. So they're going to be converted to a client. You could either notify them of that change or not. And then here you can um, convert to invoice. So you could take the amount of the proposal and automatically convert this to an invoice, set a title, relative due date, available gateways, all the things that you'll need, and then you can even redirect the client immediately to the invoice, um, to payment. So, proposal when it's approved, you can basically set up an automatic next path to the invoice. Uh, you can also generate a contract from the or a document, and we now call these. So you can generate a document for signing that comes from the data of the proposal, meaning the amount of the proposal, which you would have set up in the in the document template or uh, the data from the contact is the data source so these are all automations and that's why you're seeing things like relative due dates and templates that include um, uh, data placeholders and things like that so the idea is always that we want to be able to use this automation today on uh, december 7th and also on august 7th and also on october 7th without making any changes so everything that you'll see in relation to automations will have some relative dates or some mechanism that allows it to be used over and over and over again. And uh, in in one of those is document templates. One of those is invoice generators, recurring generators, all these other things. Uh, if you use estimates, Matt, essentially it's a line item estimate that if it's approved, it's automatically converted to an invoice for payment, and they can immediately pay that. Uh, but in general, they don't work together. Proposals, estimates, contracts, invoices don't work together in some definable single uh, paradigm. It's it's based on how you need it, and it's as flexible as it can be to accommodate whatever workflow you are seeking. Okay. Uh, Ann has a question about CSS. Good, Anne. Let's go to the help documentation. And if you come here and type in CSS... Uh, first thing you'll see is custom CSS snippets, okay? And what you'll find here is first instructions about how to access custom CSS, turn it on. But then secondarily, you'll find a, a list of commonly requested um, changes to the platform. Like I want to hide the ask in the sidebar footer. I want to change the primary button. color. All these things, it's they're described here. And for each one of them, You can just copy the CSS code and go paste it into your custom CSS uh, field and save, and that will take effect. And so we add to these as much as uh, whenever they're requested. And even this one, use a custom font. So if you want to import, say, a Google font and apply it system-wide, it might look something like this, like in this account, where you'll see this entire account is converted to Montserrat. And it's using it's all done only with custom CSS. So here, just this little line of code. We're import importing the font from Google Fonts and applying it across all the major CSS selectors. Okay, so there you go. And that that would be a place to start. If you need deeper CSS than that, typically uh, any any competent web developer html developer can help you with that but i don't think you'll need much more than that okay thank you rebecca thank you Noel. claire says i would like to understand how to resize photos so they aren't so large i can make them across the page where can i find the resize to make them smaller so claire i think you mean in the uh, page builder let me see if i can get to i'm in one right here i think good okay uh, proposals, or, or uh, the block builder. I'm not sure which one you're after, but you can, when you add an image, you set the width and height right here, Claire, right? Or you can say, I want to allow this to responsibly resize, which will set this image to full width, 100%, and it will resize itself based on the width of the browser or the page. Uh, but you can manually set a either a 90% or 80%, or you can set a, a value in pixels there. Okay, I think that answers. Yes, Tracy, CSS. Yes, Tracy, allowed to change your whole portal to her font. Very good. Thank you, Tracy. Good job. Okay, and can a client send a message to a team? Uh, yes, Kayla, if you allow it. If you allow it, so let's go to messaging and just talk about um, what that looks like in the real world. But you can control what a client, who a client can message, and the way you can do that is in settings. Okay, so from settings, you can restrict messaging for contacts to only their coordinator, or you can designate staff to whom contacts can message. If you do that, you can select the team here, right? Or you can select just an individual staff. you can even allow clients to contact each other if that fits your business plan. I don't know many business plans that it does, but it's it's something you can't allow. It, it, it's not allowed by default, but you can override that. okay And then you can uh, select who will be notified when the messages are read uh, like red receipts. okay Tracy says, What do you suggest for how to use proposals? It seems we can't link pricing into the proposal to generate an invoice, so we'd love to know what workarounds people are using. I think, Tracy, you're referring to the ability to have items in a proposal that can be checked yes, checked no, and the total of the proposal would change based on their selections. Let's confirm that first, so I know I'm going in the right direction, but I think so, right? Exactly. Need items in detail in the proposal, so Tracy, we don't have that at the moment. We have an individual a, a single price for the proposal, so the proposal is presented. It's got a single price. It's a yes or it's a no. It's very black and white in that way. Uh, we definitely do plan to, of course, yeah, definitely, definitely understand the use case and that it's 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 very very needed. So we definitely have plans to move in that direction to add. And in fact, I could show you the mock-ups of how it's all designed and it's already designed. It's already waiting in the, in the, in the wings ready to just put on the conveyor belt and go down the line and get worked on and get developed. So, uh, it's not something that's a new idea for us or that we're just realizing it's been realized for quite a while. Um, it's just waiting, you know. It's just it's kind of waiting for the team to get to it. So we hundred percent understand. I, I really am happy with the with the mechanisms that we've developed to address it. It's even more elegant than anything I've seen. Uh, meaning, it allows you to create items, yes, but also add ons, add on sets that can be associated with items. So that if, for example, they choose package A, you would present them with a a scripted set of of add-ons that were associated with with package a and the same with package b package c so it's even more um it's it's more functional than most that i've seen yes and it's it's very elegant the way it's built and designed so i 100 percent know that you'll be happy with it when it gets there that's the best i can say yeah that's the best i can say um the other option might be well, we're gonna start on it in Q1, Tracy. I hope that we'll be able to finish there in 2022. Um, but, but I wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't, would it hold your proposals back <laughs> from sending out until the, that it's ready. Uh, a workaround might be, Tracy, and this is pretty, pretty, a caveman workaround. I, I realize, would be to create multiple proposals and and have say, if you have three or four options, create proposal with and then you can duplicate proposals and then just slightly modify slightly modify so that they can look at four or five different proposals and accept the one that they like so yes not elegant not at all but doable right workable well no so tracy yep yeah, what you'll find out about us is that we definitely don't are not interested in using our work Bandwidth to enable outside functionality, uh, because by the time we built that API, we could build the proposal, right, or or at least be a long way towards building the exact thing that exact thing that is described. So as an all-in-one, that's our strategy, whether it's right or not. Um, we've continued with that, and it's it's served us well to this point, and I think it will continue to do that. Unfortunately, it doesn't offer you a workaround or a shortcut until that happens, but when it does happen, it'll at least be in one software. So, um, yeah, I, I wish I had a better answer that would solve everything all at once for you, but I don't. But that is the answer. Uh, let's see. Okay. From Dorset, England. All right, what are you suggesting? Okay, good. Yes. Now I'm back to where we were. skipped proposal and created contract, added custom place orders to include pricing. Yes, Anne, this is this is uh, a decent workaround in that sense. Um But still a single a single data source that's moving from the proposal. So you what I think what Anne's is doing is, is um taking the value of the proposal and and, and inserting it into a con- a contract template or what we we're now calling a document template to uh, include the pricing but I'm not sure how that would be dynamic beyond that and maybe you are commenting below I'll look and Noel good answer exactly what I said about the image block okay thank you and Tracy saw that we use proposals or contracts okay that's that's pretty common and we see that quite a lot of people using a terms and conditions page and then the signature is there uh-huh okay and can you create a custom field for roles? Kayla asked, uh, this is a new one, Kayla asked, can you create a custom field for roles? So Kayla, I th- the answer is no, as I understand your question, but I want to clarify a little more. Do you, I think you might be asking for custom roles, so that you could create your own role and then specify permissions to that role? Or do you mean you would like to rename the roles to a different name? Let's see what Kayla says So we're to set up session time I was going to a yeah well we are automatically do that Kayla, but we don't have a mechanism for you to specify that amount, but it's it's a similar as best practice according to HIPAA and other uh privacy networks customized roles so add roles so Kayla no we don't have that our roles are pretty static at this point uh there are we try to offer settings that allow you to enable or disable some of the functionalities and to to extend the roles in certain directions or prevent the roles in certain directions but no we don't have the ability to add roles now let me continue and and ask Kayla so the functionality you're after do you is it internal or is an external role my guess is you're willing to bring in some kind of collaborator or partner side, like a third leg of your business, a third angle, or a vendor is usually the, the source of this question. Maybe you can answer that, and I'll um, try to work through some more questions until then. All right, let's see. All right, good we understand Tracy yes yes and Tracy uh, so we we as of even today our nomenclature for contracts is changing to documents uh, so we call the we'll call these documents and part of the, the well of course the reasoning is that they are documents or agreements sometimes they're called but in addition there there will be future functionality around the uh, ability to generate document that doesn't need to be signed. It's just say a, a data sheet or a fact sheet. Uh, and imagine that you could, for example, create a document template that was a formatted PDF that you laid out exactly like you wanted it, looked really nice, uh, using the block editor, and then you uh, populated even maybe a chart block or, and things like of that nature, and then you uh, powered everything by na- dynamic data. Then you had your client or your staff or whoever to uh, complete a form and then the, the, all the, the custom fields in that form are associated with the dynamic data placeholders in that document. So now we are populating the data and then you say at, in the form settings you say attach PDF or generate a, p- a document with this data and then you choose the document template so that when the form is submitted, the document is auto-generated and a PDF is auto-generated and either attached to some email or attached to the a client profile or loaded or put into a, a client folder so that you're you're generating uh, PDFs with exact data that you just scooped up immediately. Um, so that, that's that's a dynamic document. It doesn't necessarily need to be signed, but it's exact same functionality as what was previously called a contract template. So now we call those document templates and you can you will be able to opt in the future. Uh, does this need signing by anyone? Okay, yes or no? If yes, okay, who needs to sign it? How many people need to sign it, et cetera. So that's the direction we're moving and that's the reason for, partial reason for the name change, yeah. Ah, uh, Matt. Yes, Matt says, "Is there a way to view contracts and/or proposals within the client's profile?" Uh, okay, sorry, Matt. I th- I thought you might have meant as the client. I see. I see now that it probably is different. Um, I'm going to show you the impersonate functionality, but I don't think that's what you're after. I think what you're after is the ability to see it, see those those items from the what we call the contact dashboard which is sort of the blown up data of the client. Uh, we are moving towards the ability to see everything that is available to us uh, related to the client in that particular place. Uh, and I'll go there now. And in, and in fact, there's a complete redesign of this contact dashboard uh, in the works, but I think this is where Matt was heading and he can uh, clarify that or verify. But here, Matt, is what you, you're you meaning. So billing, what you would love to see is contracts here and proposals and all those things here as well. And yes, that is definitely on our roadmap and in our plans. Not quite yet. Okay, um, Kayla says, can you add relative dates for client tasks in flows? Not in flows, but in task templates, Kayla. So." Um, yes, but not in flows, relative dates, if you mean flows proper, like these flows that are meant to be, uh, forms and, and onboarding steps really, but I think let's discuss project templates, I'm sorry, task templates in the sense of relative dates. I'll start moving in that direction. I want to scroll down and see what we have here. OK. Sorry, I'm just reading through, guys. Thanks, we are standardizing. Yes, and yeah, yes, I guess it's. OK, Matt, good. Matt's, it, Matt's clarified. That's what. That's the direction we're heading, Matt. Um. The, the new dashboard will be much more usable. All, uh, we've just been taking into account all the feedback uh, over the past few months, and a redesign has, has solved you know 90% of those issues and, and moving even towards 100%. So, a full redesign with everything in mind. Uh, let's move, let, let me just talk quickly about task templates because I think um, Caleb was asking about that. So Kayla, what you can do what task templates are built around uh, relative dates, relative due dates. and not in a flow because a flow is not really associated with these with projects and tasks necessarily, but what you, what you're trying to do is w- set a task list with relative dates. Tracy uh, Kayla, sorry Maybe you can help me there. Hard for me to under hard for me to kind of get an idea of exactly your question, so not sure where to go. And I don't want to um All right, let's let's talk to Ann Ann says until we hear from Kayla, if we do. Oh, okay. Tracy, yes. You need relative dates. All right, let's and I'm I'm gonna get back to you, okay? So yes, so for clients whose payroll is due each Monday, can I set up an automatic reminder? Dates before an event. Tracy, yes, dates before an event, yes. These Tracy, these rel- these due dates, these relative dates can be set as negative dates. Okay, so relative due date as 30, or you can set it as negative 30 and then in the project you would set the based on date i don't know if you've experienced that yet but in a project you when you're using an automation or using templates you set a based on date and the based on date is the date of your event okay and then negative 30 is 30 days before that and this is designed exactly like that based on date is exactly it yes and project generators allow you to set up relative based on dates even and in the future we have planned to give you the ability to set uh, the based on date as the uh, value of a date custom field so imagine that you're having a let's use a wedding A wedding is such a great example here that you have an onboarding form a kickoff form and you say okay what's the date of your wedding that's a custom field and they fill out the date October 30th 2022 okay well then you trigger the project generator and the project generator is set up to set the based on date as the value of the custom field, which of course you just collected as the day of the wedding. And boom, the project is generated. The based on date is set as the date of the wedding. All the tasks t- from the task templates get generated out as negative values. And then you can build an entire build-up set of a build-up project essentially with those negative due dates, so that you know six months out, we have to do this. Three months out, we need to do that. Uh, so yes, we're we're designing. Uh, in the When you create a project, Tracy? Yeah, so when you create a pro- project, you will. Let's just look here. And you can search the documentation for based on date, and it'll all of it be described. So you have a start date and a completion date. But down here, where you choose your template, Here's your based on date, okay? So they can all be different. Your start date, your your estimated completion date. You know, there's this is the flexibility, right? We're not um, we're not trying to pretend we completely understand. So we give you all these 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 options, and then here's your based on date, which in your case would be the event. The task template would be here. In your case, you would use negative relative values, and that would work. Uh, let's back up. <laughs> you hijacked the question. That's okay, Kayla. Let's let's go back. This is a good one, Kayla. And and I'm not. I don't think we have an exact perfect answer for this one yet. Um, so for clients whose payroll is due each Monday, can I set up an automatic reminder? yes in in a very in sort of a i said a caveman way before no offense to any cavemen or women out there i don't know why i I chose that but seems kind of safe uh in a caveman way kayla um and the way is and i you're not gonna like this (laughs) but it does work uh so you could set a project generator to generate itself every um So this is a project generator. And you can set it to generate on a schedule. So imagine that you created a new project generator. And this project sounds really heavy for what you're trying to accomplish. But if you kept it really light, it could work, maybe. So you'll say uh, payroll on Monday. And now we're going to say enable schedule options. And you could choose your clients or you could choose a circle, which in your case would be the circle of people whose payrolls do every Monday. You, you could add all of the clients into that circle uh, based on j- maybe just for this exact purpose and only this purpose. And then you could say every uh, one week starting on starting on date, well, choose a Monday. Or, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's a Tuesday or maybe it's a Wednesday where you want this, this email to go out for the following Monday. Never expires. So now essentially this this generator is gonna create a project every week um, and assign it an individual project for each person in that circle. But if you kept this project really light, then you could sort of, um, maybe it only uh, consisted of five tasks or one tasky, right? And uh, so then you could use the task template that would be uh, the, that would be the trigger of the email, and it would say, your your payroll is due. Get your payroll in. One task inside a task template. Relative based on date would be, um, let's do zero, because zero days means it's just gonna, the based on dates gonna be exactly the day that the uh, project is created, and you can create. So what this will end up doing, Kayla, is creating a project, individual project, each week for each client whose payroll due is on Monday and create a task, get your task uh, in, and then it's gonna email them about the task. So yes, it's a very heavy way to do it. Uh, in the future, we have planned the idea of a, of a logic engine that would exactly do what you're after. And conceivably, some other, some other approaches using kind of a marketing campaign or autoresponder style Functionality, but well, slightly modified to do that. Interesting. But yes, that's that's something that's good for for us to think about as a way to solve that. Seems fairly easy, but uh, in the end, it's hard. To, it's it's it hasn't been something that we've found a general way to do at this point. Okay, sorry, Kayla. You now I just want to make sure you got the full answer there. Anne says, is there a way to send a contract, a contract to a circle? So same contract, applicable placeholders, but send out to a particular circle. Let's look, Trace or let's look in. So Yeah. So you're gonna add a document. You're gonna select a template. Okay, and then um, no, I think the answer is not quite yet, Uh, and 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 the reason is is this is going to be something that's assigned on an individual basis, Um, so it's not something that because from here, for example. What you're going to do when you're generating a contract is you're choosing a, a template, or I'm sorry, document. You're choosing a template, and you're choosing a data source. In this case, the invoice will be the data source, which means we know the uh, client associated with the invoice, and that's how the client is selected in this process. Same with estimates, same with proposals, same projects, and same with contacts. But here, we're actually searching um, individual pro- individual contacts, not circles so what what can happen maybe in the future and and where we're one of the tasks that we have in our pipeline right now is actually the ability to trigger an action template for a circle so one thing you can do now if you create an action template which is the trigger actions widget uh imagine that you created a set of actions and you had a name for it like send contract and maybe it just had one action you can trigger those you can Use those in a single for a single Miss Linda Evans. You could say, uh, action apply actions template and then choose that actions template and trigger it for her individually. And in this case, it's add to circle, add to audience, boom, done. Um, so we're moving in the direction of being able to do this on a circle basis. So in your case, this is something that we recently had, um, um, in a wizarding session, was a question that was this was the perfect answer as well, to trigger an action template that you design for a circle all at one time, and it can consist of one action or ten actions, and boom, you just trigger it, and everyone in the circle gets the same treatment. Uh, each one is becomes an individual target of the of the uh, automation. Okay. So this is in our pipeline now and that would be the answer to your question when that becomes live. Right? And definitely would do it exactly like you want. So then you would just create the uh, action template which would be as easy as let me get there and I'll I'll scroll down a little bit. That's right Ann. You you you're exactly right. So imagine that you created now, and this is in the future. It's not available now, but you created the uh, generate document. Okay, and you set the title. You set the. Uh, typically, you're going to choose. In your case, you would choose the contact as the data source. And now you're going to say, uh, contract to a circle, okay, and that's going to be. This is your all you need. Now you're going to save and create template, contract. To circle and uh, save that. Okay, so now you have your action template, and then the next step would be that from the circle from here, from the circle uh, in this case, thirteen people of West website prospects, you would have the option here to um, action templates already live, Matt, uh, which it, which they're really really cool. Um, and really the source of some of the, a lot of our future functionality uh but from here and you would just apply action template and it would apply that action template to every person in this circle individually as a target all at once, yeah, that'd be cool, but yeah, yeah Matt, um let's go back let me which tab am I on? go ahead, noel just say it too many tabs I know. Uh, let's see. Somewhere. Nah. it's oh, close enough. Here. Uh, from here, Matt, you can. Uh, Tracy, I'll get that second. So from here, you can just stack up your actions, right? Just stack them up. Do as many as you want. And configure them all. And then save and create a template. And then you can apply them immediately, manually. To, or you can you know if you're in another part of the platform you can load the template and use it as a starting point or exactly what you need uh, to continue. But even more powerful is that from from the from the contacts list as we showed earlier from here you can apply it manually which is really nice. So for example if you have somebody get off the phone and they say okay yeah I've, I'm going to choose service package a. Uh, then you say, "Perfect, yeah, that's no problem." Let's go to. Uh, then you go to the, your CRM. You choose actions template. Then you have one exactly for a service package A. That maybe what adds them to a circle, adds them to an audience, uh, does a few other things, sends them an invoice, creates a contract. You know, you, I mean, you can build entire every action that's associated with that choice into an actions template and trigger it manually. And then everything is done, right? And then they call you back, oh, no, no, actually we changed our mind. We would like to be in uh, service B. You say, oh, no problem, I'm going to go open my trigger action template and trigger the template for service B. And then all that stuff gets done for service B. So really powerful in that sense, especially if you're able to identify um, actionable things of that nature, and and almost all of us can, right? Uh, at least a circle in, a, in an email marketing audience at the very least. But then beyond that, an invoice pro, an invoice generator to generate an invoice that's, you know, is, this is what we charge when they choose service package A. So then what I'm going to need an uh, invoice generator of single uh, on demand type, which we call it just like one time or recurring type, which you can make a dynamic generator and use that here. Dynamic recurring generator. And then a contract, you can do uh, any of that. And we're moving to taking uh, proposals in the dynamic range uh, direction, so that you'll be able to have like a pre-built proposal, but not really assigned to anyone, just waiting to be assigned. So that if if Service A has a standard proposal that you're sending out for people who are interested in that service, when they call you or when they fill out the the kickoff form that. Uh, that filters them they make the choice that filters them in that direction you can execute that dynamic proposal it will immediately uh, generate it assign it and send it so that they have the proposals waiting in their inbox you know three seconds later uh, so all these things were moving in these directions but yes the trigger action template is quite powerful and in the future this logic engine that we were talking about in relation to Kayla uh, Kayla I think So this logic engine, Kayla, would be something like uh, every seven days execute this action template or every 14 days or if the value of this custom field is less than or equal to 25 or if this selection is yes or selection is no. Just all sorts of logic uh, arguments that if true will trigger the action template. And then there will be a constant check against that logic engine, and those action templates will be triggered based on that logic. So in your example, Kayla, every seven days, I trigger this email cannon would be a very good um, uh, mechanism to do that. Every seven days, trigger this email cannon to these people. Boom. And now you moved away from that very heavy work around and into something a lot more elegant. Okay. Let's make sure, oh Tracy says uh, what's this PDF? So this is just a, so I'm going to click it for you Tracy, and basically it's a download of a PDF. So the way to do something like this if you're interested in doing that is to First, you want to go to Files and upload uh, some document that you want to link in the in the sidebar. It could be a PDF, could be anything. This is the one I was I've linked. Go here and just click Copy Public Link, and you can actually send this link to anyone in an email. It doesn't matter where you post this on Facebook. Doesn't matter when they click the link; they're going to download this document. Okay, and that's why you're being warned here make sure you understand that this link is not protected we're we're opening this up to everyone but then what you can do is go to custom menus and create a menu structure based on a circle affiliation or just wide open and here you're going to edit that i have it set as a direct link and i've just pasted the link here okay but you can also control you can do things like control the visibility of this menu item Based on roles or based on circle visibility, right? So I might show a PDF about uh, service service package A only to people who are in who are website about website clients. I might show that only to them, and then I might create another menu item that has another PDF or another link or another you know however, and I'm showing it to a different circle. So you can completely customize the menu based on role and. Or circle affiliation, or or kind of both, actually. And you can use this logic here, so you can show it to this circle unless they're in this circle, right? So this is stacked logic that can really make things even more powerful. Okay, what? Let's see. What do you project? And I'll get back to that. Okay, I think this is it. So Tracy says, and I'm going to work my way back down. Tracy says, what view do you suggest to see progress of all projects we have going on? Uh, So the best view would be, Tracy, the list of projects. Uh, And that's that's the best that we have at the moment. Owner view, not client view. Yes. Okay. So you would have this list of projects and the progress bar set here. Now this progress can be set on a programmatic basis, meaning it's calculated from the amount of the number of tasks in a project uh, compared to the number of tasks marked complete. So that's a calculated progress. Or you can set the progress based on a slider where you say okay we're about 70 percent done. Or you can uh, base it on the completion of phases in the project. So for each phase, you can specify when this phase is marked complete, then set the progress percentage to X or Y. And in that case, you can be very, you can kind of override the calculated percentage and um, say when we reach this point of the project, it's, we consider that. done, or however it is, right? Uh, In addition to this, is just a way you see it on the owner side, but just be aware that you can also create what we call a project dashboard, right? And you can display this on the client side. And what we can do here is have date stamped updates that you're giving the client. So on April 12th, we see that we updated the client here, and the client uh, answered back. Same thing here, 22nd, November 30th, November 30th, et cetera. So um, this is a way that you can display the project progress to the client, and again, you can set this percentage based on whatever you define, or you can have it be calculated. All right, let's scroll back down. And I'm going to get to that question. Tony says, can we customize a time to log out for users? uh no to i'm sorry tori no we don't have that tori as in meaning we do have a timed logout but it's not customizable meaning you can't set it for five minutes or in your if you choose to set it for five days we don't have a a scale that you can define but it's typically about 24 hours would be a timeout Tracy says, can I use that for an owner dashboard, meaning can I set a widget per client for my view? No, Tracy, we don't have something like that, not at the moment. Uh, we do plan to extend in those directions and make things more and more customizable for you to be able to set up. Uh, and that would be u- using the block editor, it would be making custom blocks that, again, I was sh- as I was showing earlier, that you could make uh, staff dashboards so you could even make a dashboard for yourself and and use future blocks blocks that we don't have now but uh, you would be able to set something like a, a project updates or project progress block block or project bird's eye view block or something like that that would be designed to do essentially what you're just what you're saying some kind of easy understanding of here's my projects here's the' certain percentage of them and then when I click this project I go into that one Uh, some easy way for you to get a, a bird's eye view and then get into it so that you know that kind of thing would be in the future but we don't have something built out specifically for that now and then Anne says is there a way to form some type of relationship between clients tax services for a married couple that want to be separate clients like a toggle between them based on a relationship Not at the moment, Anne, but we do have some customers in your uh, position that are tax prep offices or bookkeepers or accountants that will use the company first relationship to define a family. Okay, so instead of a company, they will use that to say, well, this is the family, uh, the Wagner family or whoever, Uh, and then inside that company slash family, You'll have two separate users, one the husband, or one the wife, or you know, separate partners, however that works. And that gives you the flexibility also in case there's, you know, multiple family members in that same company, slash family. You can uh, share resources based on a company circle, what we call a company circle. You can, you can see that in the documentation. Understand that. We're running out of time, so I'm trying to shortcut here. But this is a workaround that is that is used pretty heavily. Uh, We do plan in the future to uh, implement something that's really based that really takes that concept but focuses it more on the actual use case. And the idea is kind of like a family group that uh, can be used either for that or for uh, other purposes where you need. A group of people like also another use case is the travel industry right where you have a group of people that are traveling together yet each each one of them needs individual treatment individual logins individual data uh, we need to get social security numbers from all of them we need to get you know passport images and all those things for each one of them individually but they're all traveling the same destination and they have a very similar um, agenda uh, so In that sense, something like a family group or a family ring is one of the terminologies we we might consider would be the way to organize that so that we could share resources or assign resources based on that affiliation, but then also have the the privacy and security of an individual user for each person affiliated with that family group. And if they ever left the group, then they would be on their own you know. as you, as you, as unfortunately is quite common in the marriage example. So, um, is that something maybe the, the company slash family idea could work? It might, could work for you and if you, you should explore that because I, I know that's pretty, it's used pretty commonly, uh, by our accountant, um, uh, niche, which is pretty heavy. Yeah, uh, yeah, Matt. They, I think the family group or the family ring idea is is kind of a neat one uh, in relation to the travel advisors and with the accountant uh, niche as well. So, and I think it will find its way even into maybe even a franchising style use case. But it's something that's you know we always want to look at these kind of uh, use cases and then try to develop and design some mechanism that uh, is usable by all of them, if possible, with some small modifications. But yeah, that's the way that we've always approached everything. Uh, so maybe we'll be able to do it. I think so. We're pretty far down the road on that one. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for your participation today. I hope that this was helpful for you. Uh, we are looking at a, <laughs> at an account here with Montserrat, right, Tracy? Montserrat, what would you say? Montserrat forever, or something like that. Yep, I mean it's classy, right? It, it, work, it works for here. She loves it. Yes, it is. Probably, it's quite nice. Um, we might need to see it here payroll service. It looks this this super thin font it has in in italics. We'll need to maybe provide some options for that. But coming soon will be the ability for you to choose um, from Google Fonts. So this will be, for you guys who don't want to play with CSS, uh, that's not your game, you'll be able to do this same exact functionality here with a point and click. Um, Just choose the Google font. Say, I want this to be my primary font, this to be a secondary font. And then it'll just happen, just like it does here, platform-wide. So you can really uh, have another level of customization. Okay, very good. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for your time. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.